Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory, where we tackle important questions about journalism ethics and give you a behind the scenes look at our industry and our newsroom. I'm Luis Cruz. The number of migrants who have died or gone missing trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border has sharply increased in recent years. From an estimated 371 in 2020 to nearly 600 in 2021, to more than that last year. Humanitarian water and supply drops along the border have taken on a new urgency in the wake of the spike. Joining us now to discuss how the deaths of three sisters in particular has affected the efforts of some border aid groups are Union Tribune Federal Courts and Law Enforcement Reporter Alex Riggins, Enterprise Editor Christina Davis, Managing Editor Laura Sacalo, and we begin with Publisher and Editor Jeff Light. Jeff? Thank you, Luis. And uh, Alex, thank you for uh, your terrific reporting on this story. So so why don't we just start with the basics? Tell me the story of these three sisters and how you came to work on your reporting about them. Sure. So there was uh, three sisters from Oaxaca, Mexico, who uh, crossed the border. This was February 10th, 2020. Uh, So about a month before kind of our whole world changed uh, with the pandemic. Um, you know, the coronavirus was still just a, a kind of an abstract idea to us in in China at the time. Um, and so these sisters uh, crossed the border uh, with two brothers from Chihuahua who were their smugglers. Um, they, they came across, you know, over in East County, uh, south of the Golden Acorn Casino. Uh, they had hiked up, you know, uh, at least a dozen miles, somewhere between, you know, 12 to 16 miles north, uh, where they got caught in a snowstorm. Um, and, and really my coverage of this started the, the day they died. Uh, at the time I was the, the night breaking news reporter and, uh, started hearing little snippets on the scanner of, uh, of a rescue out in East County. And then we started getting more from border patrol on, you know, the, these rescue efforts. And then we learned that, uh, three people had died and then, you know, Fairly shortly after that, we learned that there were three sisters. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, um, the the detail in your reporting was uh, it was really gripping, um, and that came in part from the work that you had done in walking that trail yourself. Tell me a little bit about the reporting you did to tell the story and uh, what you found. Sure. So, so going back to that very first night, you know, I, I, I covered this one that, that night that they died. Um, and then the brothers who had smuggled them were arrested and charged in federal court. Um, and, and so as their case, you know, went through the system, I, I wrote a couple of stories when they pleaded guilty. And then kind of the big story was when they, when they were sentenced, they were each sentenced to five and a half years in, in prison. And, uh, when they were sentenced, you know, prosecutors really put together this, uh, very interesting, sentencing document that showed photos of the attempted rescue by border patrol. It showed photos of the scene, um, you know, agents trying to rescue these women in the snow. It showed, uh, and and then it showed kind of looking back um, from, from where they had come and it showed, uh, you know, off in the distance, you could see the border uh, or, or, you know, what, what is, what they say is the border and and you could see windmills um, and you could kind of pinpoint the area. And so after I wrote that story, uh, some, you know, a couple of people reached out to me from, from one of these water drop groups, uh, who helps, you know, they, they leave water and supplies for migrants. 
and they asked me if I knew where the location was. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting, you know, trying to trying to look at Google Maps and, and satellite images and, and try to see if we could pinpoint where it was. And then uh, a couple of weeks after, you know, I'd, I'd given them what I had, uh, they got back to me and said, hey, we found it. You know, we found this this trail um, where these sisters died and we're going to go there in two weeks. You know, do you want to come? And and it was like, yeah, of course I want to go. You know, I've, I've been writing about where they died. Um, but I'd love to see actually where it happened and, and, and be there. Um, and so this was in April, uh, and May of 2021. Uh, I went up with them that time and then, um, you know, things happened and I, and I hadn't gotten around to writing the story. And so again, in April, 2022, uh, I went back up with them and, and this time Ana Ramirez, a, a really great photographer, uh, with the paper came with us, took some great photos. Um, and so that's how I was able to to go to that site uh, on two different occasions and kind of kind of see the exact area where this all happened. Yeah, and the redeeming part of the story uh, uh, was that these humanitarian groups wanted to know where the deaths had occurred so that they could leave resources for others. Correct? Yeah, exactly. They they were trying to pinpoint this this location because they didn't know about it. And they kind of want to know about all the different all the different trails uh, so that they can leave these supplies. And so, um, you know, this incident kind of alerted them to this to this particular trail. And they call it the Shrine Trail because there's this there's this kind of religious altar that's built there. Um, and so they had no idea about the Shrine Trail before all of this. And so now they've gone, you know, they've gone several different times. I've gone with them twice, uh, but to leave supplies and then also to honor the sisters. Uh, the first time they brought a, a Franciscan priest who who blessed the site. Um, the second time they brought crosses uh, and and kind of did an, another little ceremony for them. And so it's it's kind of that that you know the the double reason for going there um, is to honor these sisters and and continue to you know pay their respects to them, and then also to leave water and supplies for for anyone who might follow. Yeah, and and when you first got up there, the the um... The signs of the attempted rescue were, were still right there, right for 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 you and the others to see. Yeah, it's, it was pretty incredible. There was still the, you know, the gloves that had been discarded by the agents. There were uh, packages, uh, you know, medical supplies that they had torn and just left there. Um, you know, obviously they were focused on on saving the life of of the oldest sister who was still, um, you know, held on for a few hours while they were there. They weren't able to save her. Um, but yeah, just, it, it was very clear. There was, there was genes that had been cut. Um, it, it was very clear that something had happened there. Uh, and, and being in this site in that, at that site was, was interesting. Uh, you know, not like anything I'd, I'd done before. That's for sure. Yeah. Very powerful and upsetting. Now there's some, uh, uh, to me, some, uh, ethical and journalistic questions around stories like this. Christina Davis, one was, you, uh, I had asked as I was reading the story. Hey, I, I don't know where any of this is. Can can you can we show a map so that I can understand it better? And uh, you had some thoughts about uh, why we might not want to do that. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely a lot of situations where we would do what we call like a little locator map, especially when it's someplace that maybe the general public might not exactly know where we're talking about. Um, but it, it just did not seem like the right decision in this case. Um, you know, here's here's a little known migrant trail. Um, 
that, you know, it just didn't seem like it would be right to point out, um, you know, would would a lot of other people try to take this trail? Um, also, it's like, you know, there's a shrine there. That, you know, here's a place where something kind of terrible happened. You know, are there going to be, you know, are we pointing out a place for looky-loos or just casual hikers right. to go to? Um, you know, I, I think it's BLM land. Um, but, you know, we just you know, don't really know if there's any restrictions, you know, or does the trail cross through any private land? It just didn't seem like the right, uh, there, there was no value, I guess, in, in pointing out the exact spot uh, of this, where this tragic thing occurred, you know, or, or, or the mark the trail in any way. Right, right. I think, uh, I think that was a wise call. And uh, another thing in my mind, where we were talking about that was that, um, uh, People sometimes go and like cut the water uh, bottles and try to uh, try to undermine all of those humanitarian efforts as well, which would be a super bad outcome. Um, Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit, Christina, about the newsworthiness here of of this story. And we have done some significant stories about uh, death uh, uh, on the migrant trail. There was the boat crash in uh, Point Loma a few years ago. There's this story. Uh, but obviously, uh, um, human smuggling is going on pretty much all the time and a lot of bad outcomes. How did how did this one rise to the level that you wanted to put so much time into it? Um, yeah, I mean, I actually wasn't um, Alex's editor at the time. This, you know, this story's been kind of in the works for a few years, which is incredible. Um, and when Alex came onto my team, um, what about six months or so ago, you know, he said, man, I've got this fantastic story to tell and I just haven't really had time to sit down and write it yet. And it's just like, okay, we need to get this story written. Right. Um, so, so I'm just so glad that, that we did that first of all. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have migrants dying, um, at our border here in the County all the time. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of times where we we do find out about them um, from officials and and we do write about them. Um, probably most of the time, those stories are very small news items. Um, you know, maybe there's a follow up item with the identification of the person um, if they're able to. That's sometimes they're not able to. And then we move on to the next news story. But um, there are times where situations are just kind of so unusual or just like, um, you know, maybe on a larger scale than some of the other ones um, that, you know, we kind of stop and say, you know, what can we say about about these deaths? Um, can we go back and actually find um, out more about who these people were and their journeys and and talk to their families? Um, and And what what can we say about the larger, you know, trend in migration that this death might speak to? Um, and so we don't do that all the time, obviously, um, for different reasons, but we did do it with the Point Loma boat crash when there were three migrants who drowned in that. Um, and we actually sent a team to the Mexican, the very small Mexican village where the, those, uh, one of those women came from, um, and, and, you know, attended her funeral, um, and it became a much bigger story about, um, you know, maritime smuggling. 
And then, you know, to have three sisters, you know, die at once at the same spot. And just, it's just, you know, Alex's, uh, you know, new sense on that. This is a story that he had to follow. I, I don't, Alex, you can tell me that, you know, you can say this, but, you know, I'm not sure Alex really knew what he was going to find out or what maybe was going to end up happening with this, but he knew this was something, this is an opportunity that he needed to go um, to chase and, and to see what happened. So um, I, I think it turned out into a, a really good story. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was something that just, just having covered it from the very beginning, um, you know, I, I just kind of felt a connection to it. And then, and then of course, like Christina said, I mean, the, the, the fact that it was three sisters, um, you know, three people died in that boat crash and, and obviously very tragic, um, but they weren't, you know, siblings, they weren't family members. Um, and just to have, to have three sisters from one family, uh, you know, go at one time was, was just, I mean, the tragedy of that just, just really, uh, kind of affected me. And, and then, um, but, but as Christina said, I mean, I, I was following this story for, for a long time and going up there. Um, and, and I always kind of just saw it as like this, this human interest story, right? Just the, these, you know, this tragedy that happened and then these people that are, um, you know, kind of, kind of keeping their memories alive. Um, but it was actually Christina who really helped me, you know, as we got down to it in the last couple of weeks, um, focus the story and realize that, um, not only was it just this human interest story, but it was the fact that these these groups who drop water, I mean, they, they've always kind of gone to remote places, but this really helped them focus on like, okay, we need to go to these places where people are dying. Um, you know, we need to find out every time a person dies where that is and we need to get there, um, you know, because there are other more trafficked areas closer to the border uh, that are easier to get to and 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 it's, you know, it's fairly easy to go and, and get supplies there. Um, but this spot, you know, way up in the mountains uh, that can be really hot in the summer, really cold in the winter, um, we need to get there. And so, you know, Christina really helped me focus it at the at the very end. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't like uh, I went searching for that. It was one of the one of the volunteers told me like, no, this is you know, we have one, one told me, you know, we have this moral uh, obligation to go to these places. And another told me, you know, this specific incident changed the way we do it. And so that really helped, you know, at the end, make it okay. It's not just this human interest story, but it's, it's actually newsworthy too, because, um, you know, these groups kind of change the way they do things, uh, you know, largely based on this incident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Laura Sakalo, let's just, uh, I guess, finish up with a little thinking about these tough questions of what deaths do we report and what which ones don't we report. Uh, chatting a little bit before the podcast, Alex shared with us that there are, you know, perhaps 400 uh, deaths or missing people along the southern border in our region uh, each year. And um, you know, we don't name those people. We don't really report on most of those uh, deaths. Other deaths uh, locally, you know, do make it into the paper. How do how do we sort through all of that? Well, I think as as we were discussing beforehand, I, it's a question that we struggle with, and I appreciate the fact that we struggle with it and and talk about it. Um, as you mentioned, there are hundreds of deaths and or missing people 
crossing the border that we do not report on uh, each year. And I think in some ways that's symptomatic of kind of society's view of this issue. These are, for the most part, uh, nameless, faceless, voiceless people in, in terms of society's view. And I think our coverage in some way re reflects that a bit. Um, there are instances, Alex's story, the story Christina mentioned, where we not only reported on the boat crash, but followed the process of, of you know, bodies being returned to this Mexican village and really told the stories of these people. And I think Alex's story, one of the parts that really struck me was the quotes from the Border Patrol agent talking about how much this affected him and him saying when he looked at this young woman's face, you know, he saw his why he saw his family members and how much that really resonated with him and affected him. And I, I think the instances where we have done the reporting, it's been an important way to give voice to, to this issue. Um, but I, I do, th I think it's something that we, we struggle with because for the most part, we are not reporting on these deaths and we are certainly not reporting on the missing. Part of it is circumstantial. We don't know a lot about these cases and it would take a huge investment of resources to follow each one of those. Yeah, but I guess, uh, you know, these are, it, you know, by by design, underground secret operations. Uh, you, you were uh, uh, pointing out comparisons to uh, a hiker who's missing up in L.A. who's getting a lot of coverage in the media. Right. right? There's there's a, a British actor, um, Julian Sands, who's been missing. He was missing on, on Mount Baldy. And I was just mentioning, you know, there has been an enormous amount of coverage about him being missing and the circumstances and the search and all of that. And, you know, that, that it's a tragic case and I am not in any way, you know, making a, a direct one-to-one -one comparison, but it is journalistically and ethically, it's interesting to me, the amount of coverage that that has gotten versus there are people who go missing probably every day crossing the, the border into very treacherous um, areas in our in our community. Yeah. So like, you know, uh, I guess what's going on there, what we're seeing is the uh, hierarchy of of status, wealth, power, fame are on display in the media and uh, I have to say in our pages in the choices that we're making to tell the story of our community. Right, right. People of, of prominence and privilege definitely are, are treated differently than people who are voiceless. Yeah, well, that's a pretty tough lesson for all of us. And uh, uh, Alex, I, I want to thank you for your story, which I thought was uh, really significant and really powerful. So um, with that, back to you, Luis. 
Thank you very much, Jeff. And thank you to Alex, Christina, and Laura. You can read more of Alex Riggins' story on our website, SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. That does it for this edition of The Backstory. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.